You're listening to WNHU2, the online stream from the University of New Haven. This program contains explicit material that may not be suitable for some listeners. Welcome back to Rule of Three, everybody. Woo! Happy Wednesday, by the way. We got our first snow of the year yesterday, and I'm very excited for skiing and insane amounts of hot chocolate. But it is cold as fuck. Yeah, it's so there is cold. that. It all of a sudden snapped super friggin' cold, <laughs> and I am not about it. I'm all for winter until it's the cold part. Yeah. I'm I'm I the love snow and wi- coziness mm. sounds like a great idea. See, and yeah. then like the cold happens and you're like, well, fuck this. I love winter sucks. when it's inside. Indoor winter is the bomb. I yeah. mean, and then there's the occasional like warm days where you can go outside yeah. and like, play in the snow. But when mm-hmm. it's fucking freezing, yeah, there's nothing. Not there's no point. No fun. Yeah. I'm your host and spiritual guide, Sean Barber. I'm joined by a resident expert in death, Miss Nicole Jewett. That is me. And the man who knows nothing, Ethan Black. Always constant. and in case you didn't believe us that he knows nothing exhibit a there we go always constant (laughs) this episode is the first in our two-part series on the wives of the infamous henry the eighth so today we'll be looking at the first three catherine of aragon anne boleyn and jane seymour most people only know them as Henry's wives, but there's much more to them than that. And I hope you learn a lot them as uh, learn a lot about them as people throughout the series. This idea was totally inspired by Six the Musical, a fantastic new musical about the same topic. Their whole album is on Spotify if you want to check it out. It's fantastic. With all that out of the way, though, let's get into this episode. We've got Ooh. three dumbass hosts, three crazy stories, and no fucking clue what we're doing. This is rule of three. Ethan, it's harmonica time. Ass. Dude. Play us in. Always constant. I want always you. I want you constant. to solo. That's, that's my first EP. I want you to solo with the idea "always constant" in your brain. Here we go. You should have known better. I, you should have known better. <laughs> you know what that note was? I can't fault you. Always for that. constant. I can't fault you for that because you're right. You. All right, you beat me on that one. You got him. <laughs> Boys, we got him. <laughs> Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, we, we got, got him. So our story today begins with Catherine of Aragon. She was born on December 16th, 1485, to Queen Isabella I and King Ferdinand II in the palace of the Archbishop of Toledo. 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 One of my favorite Toledo. things that my Nana says is holy Toledo. And I just think that's the funniest thing ever. The Archbishop of Toledo. I don't know. It's... I mean, I guess it just is a it's, funny a, it's an old person if thing. You're an yeah. archbishop, it's a boomer, just boomer, boomer things. <laughs> okay, boomer. <laughs> just boomer yeah. things. Now, if you were wondering, Isabella and Ferdinand were the monarchs that sponsored Columbus's voyages. Yes, they were those people. They did a lot of other badass things too. They were both complete badasses. So, if you want to learn more about them, maybe that's another episode sometime soon. Huh? 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 Now, Catherine had three <laughs> sisters and two brothers. One of the brothers would become the king of Spain later in the life, later in his life, and the rest of them would all go on to marry into royalty. Now, weddings in the monarchies around Europe at this time were very formal affairs and had way more to do with politics than anything else. For example, if Spain was looking to create a better peace and maybe establish trade with France, they could send a princess to marry one of their kings or princes. Princes? 
Not princesses. Not, that was not acceptable not, yeah, back in those days. 2019 back in the No, it days. wasn't. No, it was not 2019 in the mm. 1400s. No, sir. You're <laughs> correct on that one. <laughs> the young royals had no say in who they would marry, typically. <laughs> it was all prearranged by state officials for the best political results. Catherine was one of these young royals, and by the age of three, she was arranged to be married to Arthur, the Prince of Wales, who was the same age as Catherine. Three years old, and Fucking she already was, like, her. betrothed. That, yeah, that her life was decided at three years old. I wish old. I was royalty. Uh, I don't think you will no. after the That's end of this lonely. episode. No, no. Uh-oh. Yeah. Interestingly, Catherine had a very strong tie to English royalty on her mother's side as her great-grandmother was married to the English House of Tudor. Ah, huh, Tudor. It was all incest. <laughs> ah, Tudor. All of it was incest. They were all yep. banging each other. Alabama, 100. Yeah. Europe was one big Bama. <laughs> England walked so that Alabama could run. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Now, politics were extremely complex at this time, but the basics of the situation was that the House of Tudor, which was the English ruling ruling family, was not well-liked by many other royals in Europe because there had been revolutions and whatnot. The House of Tudor was a little not all checked out. Yeah, it wasn't wasn't great at the time. But the current Spanish royal family that um, Catherine belonged to, the Trastamara, was the most well-respected family in Europe. So it was a huge deal for Catherine to be marrying into the Tudor family. And if any of that, like, family tree bullshit made your brain do backflips, you are not alone. We had to research it so you can shut the fuck up. Yeah, we had looked at family trees. Everything was connected. It was a mess. <laughs> I didn't. Yeah. Now, beyond the marriage contract, <laughs> Catherine led a pretty normal life for in her younger years. She was a very well-educated young lady. She studied math, languages, reading and writing, and law. Could she balance books on her head like they always do in the old-style movies? I would have to assume yes. Okay. Yeah, I, I mean, that stereotype yes. had to come from somewhere. Yeah, so. yeah. It, she had to. I think it was mandatory. Probably. I believe so. Yeah. Now, Catherine set sail for England in 1501 and met her husband-to-be on November 4th. Arthur. Oh, Arthur, how I swoon. <laughs> the aardvark? Or... Yeah. As, and how did you guess that? Would you believe it if I told you that the future king of England was an, an aardvark? aardvark. <laughs> no, this, is, funny. this is a little fact that I absolutely love. This is why I love history. So Catherine and Arthur wrote to each other in Latin as they you know, were growing up. They were going to be wed, so they like, wrote Because one of them lives other. in England, one lives in Spain. They speak different languages. So they wrote to each other in Latin, but when they the met in person, language. they couldn't actually understand each other because they pronounced Latin differently. They literally spoke like different dialects. It was all written the same, but the way they pronounced their words were different. That's the worst kind of Tinder. It was so funny. <laughs> So Catherine, very well educated, she could speak Latin, French, Greek, and obviously Spanish, but apparently did not speak English. Of all those languages, English, England, <laughs> English is not one of them. Well, we tend to think of English today as like the universal language, like everybody knows English. But at the time, England was not that powerful compared to other European nations. It was like, you know, Spain, France, uh, the Habsburgs, like those were your big languages that you should know. Uh, so learning languages like Spanish, French, and Latin was much more important than actually knowing English. So there you go. Fair now, enough. Arthur seemed like a great guy. Really great guy. Great He's fucking a guy. Fucking great guy. Stand up, dude. Uh, he wrote letters to his parents and to his new parent, uh, parent-in-laws? Law? 
parents in laws in laws there you go parent in laws in laws <laughs> and he seemed to be all about Catherine he seemed like a really genuine guy yeah, who actually he loved was nice him, which was nice he said he like what looked forward to like their yeah. marriage and mm-hmm. was going to treat healthy... her with love and respect yeah. Yeah. did they draw nudes to each other oh <laughs> I don't know I'm kidding Cold. no they commissioned people to do that for them they were royalty remember <laughs> that was they didn't have paintings they, they didn't like... have to do their nudes on their own <laughs> no snapchat back in those like, days no the old fashioned guy and be like, yeah, draw this man's dick. And it's like, huh? <laughs> yeah, what now? Huh? <laughs> okay. So Arthur and Catherine got married 10 days later on November 14th at Old St. Paul's Cathedral. Catherine and Arthur moved to Ludlow Castle, which was a seat of power for the Prince of Wales. Arthur was the Prince of Wales, so mm-hmm. he moved into his it own It only house. makes sense. It only makes sense. Wales Shortly after they moved in, though, they both came down with the sweating sickness, which was a disease that was probably caused by his poor sanitation. Victims who caught the sickness could die within hours was of contracting it. No. No. It's totally it, different. People say that, like, they really don't know what it was because it kind of just, like, eradicated itself, like, when sanitation kind of came into so the it's, picture. It was probably just some, like, really bad infection or virus. Some that... people say that it might have, like, connections to anthrax. Yeah. But that's a really loose, like, theory. So Arthur and Catherine both came down with this sickness that could have killed them within <coughs> hours. Sadly, Arthur passed away on April 2nd, 1502, just six months after being married to Catherine. Catherine fully recovered, but was now a widow at 16 years old. That's an First oof. of all, can you even imagine being already married and like married to a prince and they're like living in this palace on their own and you're 16 Arthur was a little bit younger than her, so I believe he was 15 at the time. Damn, he was going after them older ladies. Cooler. It was only by a couple months, actually, (laughs) they were separated. But he was 15 when he died. And at that point, he had already been married, already lived on his own, already, like, ran this... Yeah, crazy. He he was the fucking Prince of Wales. Yeah. I can't make a hot pocket. It's always fucking cold in the middle. (laughs) Really? Yeah. I can make it. I just forget about it sometimes. And then I'm just like... Two hours later, what happened to that hot pocket? And then I How do you forget like, oh, about shit. a hot pocket? That shit smells all the way up to God and heaven. I fall asleep. <laughs> <laughs> in the two minutes it takes to microwave. Sometimes. Depending on what time in it is. two minutes it takes to make a hot pocket, Ethan one, zonks out. If it's a 1 a.m. snack, I can't help it. <laughs> 1 a.m. is fine. What do you but- do? Fall asleep on the kitchen floor? Or do you have a microwave next to your bed? He's like Michael Scott in <laughs> the office. He has the George Foreman girl next to his bed where he makes bacon every morning. <laughs> Don't give me a girl. I can't cook shit. Oh anyway, Ethan would probably burn dry cereal if he given would. the opportunity. <laughs> I'd burn a lot of things. So now the current king of England, Henry VII, was sweating, but not because he had the sickness. He was sweating because my man needed that cash money. And if Catherine was to go back to Spain, the English <sighs> crown would lose out on her massive dowry. Because remember, there was like a monetary agreement between right. the English and the Spanish for her to marry into the English family. That was part of the marriage agreements was a lot of the time was how much dowry yeah. did the a woman lot of have. cold hard what cash. are you gonna give me to yeah. take this woman off your hands fam- so fam- yeah, exactly <laughs> i'll have to deal with her for the rest of my life how much money are you gonna compensate <laughs> me <laughs> right here what do you want <laughs> so henry's bold idea was to just marry catherine himself since his wife had recently passed away however there's one small hitch in that plan Henry happened to be 29 years older than Catherine, so what? people shot that down pretty quickly. Really? Yeah. yeah. I'm surprised back in the old days they actually gave a shit about that. Well, remember, their life expectancy isn't very long to You're begin right. with. So he was like 80, basically. Yeah. He was about to eat shit. He, yeah. yeah. Foreshadowing. But anyway. Yeah, actually. 
So he decided, and this guy's the king of England right now, so mm-hmm. he decided that he would just have Catherine marry his second son, guess what his name was? Henry. Henry oh. Duke of York, who was five years younger than her. Catherine was cool, living like dude. a prisoner during the next few years as her father, Ferdinand, was refusing to pay the English monarchs her dowry since technically she, she wasn't married. married. I mean, she was married, but he he's dead, and so it yeah. didn't really work out. Not only did Catherine have to provide for herself, but she also had to support her entire entourage that accompanied her. So I th- believe she actually brought, like, the people that she was raised with from Spain yeah. with her to England. And well, they were, she, like, yeah, her attendants. Yeah, she was planning on like, spending the rest of her life yeah. there. Yeah. So. so now Oof. she had this entire group of people that attended her and, like, helped her out. And she had to pay them, too, and support them, not just herself. In 1507, Catherine actually became the Spanish ambassador to England, the first female ambassador in all of Europe. Little fun fact. And now in 1509, Henry VII dies. So Henry, his son, Henry VIII, needed a wife because he was the rightful heir to the throne. But you can't be a king if you don't have a queen. Yeah. So he needed to get married. So Arthur was the original heir to the throne and Henry VIII was his brother. But Arthur was dead. So now Henry was stepped up to be the heir. After his dad died. died. Henry VII died. Okay. Arthur was also dead. So now. Which I think is kind of funny that they named the second son after the father. Like almost like they knew Edward was going to kick the bucket. (laughs) Or not Edward, Arthur. Arthur. Too many (laughs) names. There are so many names (laughs) in this episode. Arthur was going to kick the bucket. I don't even know where that came from. But anyway, there is a common religious rule at the time that a man couldn't marry his brother's widow. It was yep. some, like, biblical verse that they... Yeah. Ethan's our resident Catholic, so he knows about all these things. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, and it. since Henry and Arthur were brothers, they were in a bit of a predicament. Oof. However, marriage was also only considered valid after it had been consummated. Taking them to bone town. Uh-huh. Wait, wait, wait. So, like... You go get like it, like the ceremony or whatever. Then you bone. Then it's official. Yeah. Yes. What have you boned before the ceremony? Oh no you no can't no do no, that. no 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 no! I'm confused by no. that then because if that's the one thing that actually makes it a thing, then well why because the fuck you is the can't do that relevant? until you're married. But, but you're not married you have until you to do, do that. that after you're. Whoa. That's well, what I'm saying. marriage was like the two step process. So you had the ceremony, but in order to make it official, official, that was the act that okay. made it official. Okay, that makes more sense. That's, yeah. See, that's why I was confused. I was like, yeah, wait, it's kind of like, like uh-huh. a catch 22 because, like, if you can't have sex till you're married, but you can't be married until you've had sex, what do you do? Big brain. Anyway, <laughs> Catherine now has come out and said that her marriage to Arthur had never been consummated. So technically, they were all good to go to be married to her and Henry. Which kind of was, like, weird to think about. I was like, they were married for six months. And they didn't bone? And they never did the dirty. But then think about they it. Were they were, like, 15, 15 and 16, 16 years, years old. Uh, That's true. Also, yeah. when, you're running a, when, you're, when you're a prince, you ain't kind of time to bone. And he, right? they, bo- they both for. did come down with a sweating sickness, so. And did not speak the same language. <laughs> but they, they did both... speak the international language. Of love. love. <laughs> Apparently not very well, though. <laughs> they both tried to initiate banging but they couldn't understand the other person <laughs> they were like yeah and it was like no huh? and it's like N- yeah it's like N- it's like no N- no just don't sleep sleep no no and then yeah, they died <laughs> so by technicality they were all good to go so this marriage was kind of like butt sex all good in the eyes of the lord but the people weren't too happy with it. A, okay, okay. <laughs> it's not generally accepted by the public. I was a little I was confused by that analogy or that comparison. I was like, but that it's, made sense. It's that made all sense. good in the eyes of the Lord, technically, but 
to the general population, not all that well. Expected. It doesn't fly with them. Yeah. So Catherine and Henry got married on June 11th, 1509. And on June 24th, they were coronated together in Westminster Abbey. So now they are the <sighs> king and queen. Officially. All hail. Mm-hmm. The people of England seemed to really like Catherine, and she was very well received at their public parades. Their marriage went on well for a while, it seemed, as Catherine was a close political advisor to the king, which was kind of like weird for a woman at the time. That's pretty ballish. Well, and the they even had the PDA embassy. going on. Like they were, they seemed like they loved each other when they were out in public. Bro, hands, uh-uh. But now the next issue is Henry VIII needed some heirs to the throne, and he needed his lineage to continue when he was gone. Mm-hmm. What Henry really needed was a son to be able to take the throne of England, and this was his main priority. Two months after getting married, Catherine got pregnant, but delivered a stillborn girl in January of 1510. Four months later in May, she announced that she was pregnant again and gave birth to a healthy baby boy named Henry, Duke of Cornwall. And everyone was extremely happy. Free wine was actually distributed in London. So they were going balls to the wall for the Duke of Cornwall. I just like to imagine baby pops out. Yep, Duke of Cornwall. Cornwall. Duke of Corn right there. Walled, I wish hold, I was the Duke of, of Cornhole. Duke of Cornhole. <laughs> they looked at him, he's like, corn, corn what? All of it, everything. That's Power. like the most badass guy in the frat is the king of Cornhole. <laughs> that's that's like a Skylar type guy. Like, Oh, yeah, that's oh, Chad all the way. My friends call me the king of Cornhole. <laughs> What's good? It's like, oh. Now, I hate to shit Skylar. on your parade here, but on February 22nd, at just 52 days old, uh, the Duke of Cornwall was dead. Kind of kicked the bucket. Damn. He apparently died due to intestinal issues. But who really Rain knows what Cornwall. it was? Right. <laughs> <laughs> so Henry's back to not having any heirs to the throne again, so they needed to keep going for babies. In 1513, Catherine was pregnant again and was left alone while Henry was fighting in France. She delivered not prematurely. Not in French, as she <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> She was. Exactly. She delivered prematurely, and another son was stillborn, or it died shortly after birth. Historians aren't completely sure, but another son was dead. While she was pregnant, though, she was promoted to governor of the realm since Henry was away. During this pregnancy, a Scottish army invaded England, and Catherine rode up herself, fully pregnant. Like seven months pregnant at this in point. In full armor. And address the English troops before their battle. You know what I want to know? Do you think they had to make her like custom armor because they probably were not that. prepared for a heavily pregnant lady to ride up into battle? Yeah, I don't know. I guess it depends on what kind of armor it was. If it was just like chainmail armor and stuff like that, I guess that also can't be good for you no. to wear while you're that pregnant. Yeah. That's heavy. Slap a barrel on top of her and give her a tin <laughs> hat and be like, "All right, you're good. Go at him." Yeah. <laughs> During one of the battles of the invasion, King James IV of Scotland was killed, and Catherine sent a piece of his bloody coat to Henry, who was She's still She's a ride-or-die bad bitch. She was a badass. That's fucking dope. Unfortunately, the baby she was pregnant with was dead, though, so, Oof. you know, you, you win some, you lose some. The armor probably didn't do any favors. <laughs> yeah. In June of 1514, she was pregnant again and gave birth to another stillborn baby boy in January. In the summer of 1515, Catherine announced she was pregnant yet again and gave birth to a healthy girl <laughs> named Mary. Hey, wait, question. Unfortunately, not helpful. Um, is, like, stillborn, like, a miscarriage? or like what's No, stillborn? it's different. So, stillborn is, like, miscarriage is when you deliver the baby, like, not to term, and it's the baby's dead. But stillborn is, like, you carry the pregnancy to term, you go into labor like normal, and the, when you deliver the baby, it's already dead. Okay. So it's okay. a little bit different, okay. to my understanding, anyway. I yeah, so, sure so miscarriage like, mm-hmm. is, like, when the baby doesn't even make it all the way yeah. through the pregnancy. Yeah. Stillborn like, is you make it... Th- 
to the pregnancy. But you deliver it, but it's dead okay. when it comes out, basically. Just yeah. for fans yeah. and for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it's not Asking for, me. for a friend. <laughs> <laughs> Just to clarify, you know, for the fans. Yeah. So, Catherine gives birth to a healthy girl named Mary. Henry was disappointed that he had a daughter and not a son, but he was sure the son was on the way. In 1517, Catherine was pregnant again, Holy but shit. had another miscarriage. For the last time, Catherine got pregnant in 1518 and gave birth to a daughter, but the daughter died soon after birth. So Catherine had been pregnant seven times now and was 33 years old, and it was obvious that she was getting very worn out. To Henry, it was horrible that he still did not have a son. Despite being somewhat hated by her husband for not producing a son, Catherine continued to raise her daughter Mary to be a well-educated, religiously devout woman. Henry started having affairs and even had an illegitimate son. He only had two affairs during this time, which actually wasn't too bad for a monarch at this time. Like, it was kind of considered that monarchs could just kind of sleep around with whoever. They could do whatever they wanted. So So, were these affairs, like, for pleasure reasons, or were they, like, to try and get a son? It was... No, because he had an illegitimate son, but it didn't matter because it It was was illegitimate. A child born out of wedlock was, like, the worst thing imaginable. Like, it was scum of the earth not Oof. worth anything yeah so he had a son but it just he didn't matter because yeah. he, was he wasn't technically like walls. yeah yeah so henry wasn't like awful compared to a lot of the other monarchs but it was still not it was pretty great. obvious one that is one too many yeah exactly it was pretty obvious that he was getting tired <laughs> of catherine and he started falling for a young lady in waiting to catherine named anne boleyn So now Henry was looking for any excuse to ditch Catherine and get with Anne at this point. So he started digging into Bible verses yet again to find laws that could annul his marriage, just like he did to even marry Catherine in the first place. Mm -hmm. He found a Bible verse that said if a man married his brother's wife, they would be childless. So Henry believed that he would never have a son with Catherine. Oh. Yeah. That's whack. And I I would be willing to bet that that's probably, it was related anyway to what he said at first was like how he couldn't marry his brother's yeah. widow. That's probably the consequences they of marrying came, his brother's widow. They probably came like one after another. And, Henry's and like, he oh. just ignored that part at first, but now, <laughs> oof. So Henry started quietly pushing for an, an annulment with Catherine, but she was having none of it. When it was suggested that she go to a nunnery and abdicate the throne, Catherine responded, God never called me to a nunnery. I am the king's true and legitimate wife. She Ooh. was not having She was it. a bad bitch. She also I mean, said at one other point, like, I, I'm i the only true queen of England that I yeah. know or something like that. I mean, there's not really anything that's her fault about it. You can't be like, do I want a boy? Do I want a girl? Beep, boop. Like, you can't press yeah. some ovaries and just make one happen. You got to let it happen. So now Henry was getting desperate, writing letters to the Pope. The big man himself. The big (laughs) P-O-P-E. The big pop. (laughs) Big poppy. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, he's writing letters to the Pope and holding court to decide the matter, but everyone just kept saying no. So, Henry, of course, did the only logical thing. He just threw everybody in jail that told him he couldn't do what he wanted to do and banished Catherine from the court. Yeah, this was, like, a pretty long period of... Oh, it was a long time. ...religious officials, like, fighting with Henry, and Henry just got sick of it and literally just threw him in jail and called it a day. Yeah, it wasn't like he just did that, like, for the lulls. Like, he did it after a very long time of fighting. Can you imagine? Yeah, sir, go ahead, do whatever you want. Oh, okay, jail. What? (laughs) Jail, go. So, eventually, the wedding... The wedding? The marriage was officially annulled, and Catherine was sent to Kimbleton Castle, where she spent the rest of her life. 
She mostly stayed in one room and only left for mass. Sadly, she was forbidden to see her daughter Mary since they both refused to acknowledge a new Queen of England. So even her daughter was like, nope, I will not stand for anybody else being called the Queen except my mom. I mean, that's fair. And because of that, he wouldn't let Henry see or Henry wouldn't let Mary see her mom or the other way around. She occasionally or Catherine was occasionally allowed to have visitors, but the end of her life was lonely and solemn. She died on January 7th, 1536 of natural causes spurred on by the stress and hardships of her life. Catherine was a very influential figure at the time, and if not for being a woman in those times, she would have been revered as a hero. She helped support women's education, helped to initiate programs to alleviate poverty and spread religion. In the hearts of many English people at the time, Catherine was the only true queen of England. Hell yeah. I loved learning about her. Yeah. Like, She's really freaking cool. <laughs> you always hear the name Catherine of Aragon, but like... You don't really know what she did. Yeah. So I I hope you guys love that as much as I did. That because cool. that... Yeah. I, I love I that. learned about his wives before because isn't there like... There's like a whole play about her, right? Like not, not the thing... Not the newer thing, but there was like a story about it before, right? Yeah. What it called... I, I mean, they've prob- I so. people have probably been telling stories about it. I think I read it in ever. English, which is the only reason yeah. I knew about it. But I so like these are all kind of familiar to me, but like I don't remember a whole lot. Yeah. yeah. So now we're going to hop back into the story with somebody that we mentioned before, Miss Anne Boleyn. Big old Anne Boleyn was born into a well-respected family in England. Her father Thomas was a diplomat favored by Henry the Seventh. Her birth date is disputed, but it is believed that she was born between 1501 and 1507. Through connections from her father, Anne was offered a place in the household of the monarchs of the Netherlands. Which was a big deal because she was pretty young. Now we're not exactly sure how old she was because they don't really know her exact birthday. <coughs> but usually to be like a servant in the house of a monarch, you have to be at least 12 years old. And Anne was not that old. So, so it, it was a very big honor for she her. Had, her family had some serious connections. She stayed in the Netherlands until 1513. Then she moved to France to attend to Henry VIII's sister Mary, who was going to marry Louis Twelfth of France. Now, there, so, there are a lot of names yeah. and numbers in this section, so just hang with us for a bit. And the Mary we just talked about is not Catherine's daughter Mary. That is Hen- it's Henry Henry's VIII's sister. sister Mary. So just hang in there. We're going to get through this. All right, here we go. So. Uh, Anne is made the maid of honor to Mary once she was crowned queen. Of France. Of France, Mm -hmm. the queen of France. After this, she went to spend time with Mary's 15-year-old stepdaughter. So, we're good. We're still in France at this point in time. We're in France. Anne was quite the socialite in the French court. She enjoyed drinking wine, gossiping, and playing games, but she was known to have quite the temper and a sharp tongue. I think Anne's my spirit animal. Yeah. After a few Bye. years, Anne was recalled to England to marry her cousin. Bullet. <laughs> the well, marriage failed, do though. Do. Yeah. Well, no, you don't have to do you that. You gotta do what you're told to do as a woman I in guess that time. So. The marriage, That's the truth yeah. right there. This marriage failed, though, most likely because Anne's father was not happy with the arrangement. <laughs> no shit. Yeah, he didn't really. think that her cousin was really, like, he was supposedly, like, claiming something, like, some seat as... Yeah, but his he, rightfully, but it yeah, wasn't, no. and his dad was, or her dad was just like, nope, he's Old not good enough for you. At the same time, Anne's sister, Mary, different Mary, this is Anne's sister. Oh my um, god, wait, this is the third Mary? This is another Mary, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh my lord. So Anne's sister, Mary, was getting around with the royalty. She slept with both the King of France and our boy, Henry VIII. So what all I learned from this is that 
the king of France kind of had a type, and that was Mary's. Mary's. That, that was Because it. his wife's name is Mary, and now his Mistress? mistress's name is yeah. Mary. Ooh, and Henry damn. VIII has a sister, Mary, but is also sleeping with a Mary. <laughs> Not his daughter. Not his, oh my <laughs> oh, God. Oh, thank God. Or his sister. <laughs> uh, so Anne started getting into some theater. She was in the theater. She's a thespian. <laughs> exotic dancer. No, she wasn't an exotic dancer. <laughs> so Anne starts doing theater with Henry's youngest sister and was courted by a man named Henry Percy. Another Henry. Yet another Henry. Uh, but the marriage never went through because Henry Percy's father did not approve of it. I don't know really. I don't know why, but he just didn't approve don't of it, so it didn't happen. Anne ended up <laughs> what, Dad? <laughs> yeah, Anne ended up at the English court, where she became a lady in waiting to Queen Catherine. During okay. this time, Catherine was failing to give birth to a son, and Henry started to get eyes for Anne. Ooh. In the next seven years, Henry and Anne chased after each other, but Anne refused to become one of his mistresses. They had to be married before she would have sex with him. Smart Yo, lady. Very smart. Bag the Thinking gold. with his boner, Henry did exactly that and proposed to Anne. They had a secret wedding, and as we learned earlier, Henry got with, rid of Catherine, so Anne was clear to be his official wife, no matter how people disapproved of his actions. They officially got married in January of 1533, and Anne was pregnant soon after, which ended up being a healthy baby girl named Elizabeth. Elizabeth was named Henry's heir, which took the title away from Mary, Catherine's daughter. (laughs) So previously, Mary was the princess, but now Elizabeth's a princess and Mary is nothing. Mary is fucking chop liver. Yeah. Don't worry. I love this. I love the stories of them. They grow up so good. Anne had two other sons, but both were miscarriages. The sweating sickness makes a comeback, starts kicking again, along with smallpox and the plague. The fu- Oh, so, which, by the way, there are two cases of the plague in China today. I don't know if you guys saw that. Wait, what? Like the black yeah. plague? Like bubonic. The, uh, bubonic itself. And like, like fleas today, on rats? Yes. Like, in China. Like fleas on rats, fleas, fleas on, on rats. rats. Yes, that plague. It's bubonic. Popped up in China today. Two cases of it. So, fucking close your mouth and don't touch a rat. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's terrifying. That's yes, it is. Vaccinate your kids, you fucking freaks. Mm-hmm. That's all I'm and saying about that. And don't kiss rats. <laughs> <laughs> Words to live by. Uh, Who says you never learn anything from our podcast? We're ta-da. totally educational. I don't think anyone has ever said that. Just that I feel like it's not a statement That's people true. make. Yeah. Just because we say fuck doesn't mean you can't learn things. That's true. So... Now, the sweating sickness, smallpox, and the plague are kind of moving their way around London. Triple threat. So Henry and Anne boosted off out of there to keep her baby baby oven in work in order. Because there's nothing that could touch that right now. That is the most important thing mm-hmm. happening. While their marriage was fairly stable, Anne was very smart and knew how to work in politics, which was not seen as acceptable for the queen at the time. She also had an extremely lavish and elegant lifestyle with over 250 servants and over-the-top spending on almost anything you can imagine. The general population did not like her at all, as she was not the humble and kind Catherine that they grew to love. Instead, she was brash, caused drama, and was seen as an illegitimate queen by many. In fact, people started calling her the king's whore. Yep. During this time, Henry's health also started to decline, and people questioned if he would even be able to have kids. In June of 1535, though, Anne did get pregnant again, but the child was miscarried. It was developed enough to know that the child was a boy. 
On January 8, 1536, Henry and Anne found out about the passing of Catherine. Instead of mourning, they celebrated and wore yellow to her funeral, the color of joy in England. And I think this is so funny because when they were kind of like confronted about it, like, hey, that's a little bit disrespectful. They were like, oh, no, no, because in Spain, the color of mourning is yellow. And because Catherine was from Spain, we were showing her respect. You're in fucking England. But yeah, we're in England. So act right. Yeah. Ugh. You're in a man... Wait. No, just stop right there. <laughs> We're going to move on from that. This actually happened to be the same day as Anne's miscarriage, and people describe this as Catherine's final revenge. So they find out about... Uh, they go to the funeral on the same day that Anne has a miscarriage. Uh-oh. So, you know, a little bit of behind-the-scenes work in there on Catherine. Catherine's pulling some strings from beyond the beyond. After losing this child, it was clear that Henry was done with Anne. He still did not have a male heir, and after a few affairs, uh, everybody knew that it was pretty much over for Anne. What people didn't expect, though, was the lengths that Henry went to get rid of her. Henry charged her with adultery, incest, and witchcraft, all three of which were punishable by death. And all three of which, by the way, were bullshit. Yeah. She didn't do any of that. No. Well, we don't know about witchcraft. You never never know. Uh, He claimed, though, that she bewitched him into marrying her. That was the claim to witchcraft. Henry's ball sack bewitched him into marrying yeah. her. <laughs> there was no voodoo at play except <laughs> down under, sir. Uh, Henry also charged her brother George and three of their friends with the same crimes and executed all of them. That's so he hilarious. couldn't just get rid of Anne. He had to swipe out the entire friggin'. He had to make it seem like he wasn't really targeting Anne. It was like, oh, the whole family is involved. But... So five people died instead of just her. Yeah. There was no real fight that Anne could put up in this situation, and nobody in the nobility was willing to help her. During her trial, Anne was found guilty and sentenced to death. And it was actually her uncle that read the death sentence. Like, he was in on, like, the... The trial. I mean, he had to, like, in order to keep any favor of the king, you you had, you had to, play to do whatever along. he said. That's yeah. for not marrying my son, you bitch. <laughs> <laughs> On May nineteenth, fifteen thirty six, Anne was taken to the scaffold at eight a.m. for her execution. That's like walking to Kaplan when you have an 8 a.m. For an 8 a.m. Cal- class on a Friday morning and it's snowing. <laughs> That's exactly what Literally I think that is like. Literally just walking to your execution. That's awful, though, getting woken up 8 a.m. I think 8 a.m. is, uh, you might as well kill me at that point. That's true. I am well, so unhappy. If she was already dead inside, so they were really just finishing the job at that <laughs> point, true. I That's guess. That's true, Yeah. Now, a skilled French swordsman was brought in to deliver the killing blow, which was actually a sign of respect for the queen. So, Usually they just have this big, like, clumsy oaf with an axe, and they just lock heads off left and right. That's what you have. Like, no, you this man chop came, her up like Swiss cheese. This man came in with his rapier and went, ha, 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 zing, 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 Zorro. Carved a Z into her ass. <laughs> <laughs> Not really, like, just in her being. That's what I meant. In her ass? Oh, boy. Damn stamp. In her classic witty ways, uh, Anne responded to the news of her execution with, I've heard that the executioner is very good, and I have a little neck. Which, ah, oh, that's just like, to be able to hey face now. your own death like that. She literally just like stared God in the face and walked backwards into hell. Yeah, like, that's just badass. Yeah. Still a bitch. Mm-hmm. That's her famous little uh, sharp tongue there, though. Like, she was not, she's not letting it off until the last breath. Sharp tongue. After her execution, Anne was buried in an old arrow box because she wasn't given a coffin. Oof. Like, oh my God. I mean, when you're a witch and you bang your family, it's just, you can't do that. 
But get this. <laughs> While you're married, of all things. <laughs> the box was too small, so her head had to be placed beside her. They couldn't just dress it up like her head was still attached. They just put it next to her and called it a day. I get it. They yeah. were like, she's always going to watch over herself, head in box, just looking <laughs> at her body. So that's the, an- that's the end of Anne Boleyn. <clears throat> but yeah. it's time to move on to the next wife, Jane Seymour. So, of course, now that what do you do once your wife is dead? Once you go find another one. One is dead. You killed the other. Bippity boppity. What's like, a king to do? What are you going to do? What what bippity bippity forget about it. Forget about it. So, yeah. This is where Jane Seymour comes in. Jane Seymour was born anywhere between 1504 and 1509, as her exact birth date isn't known. Her father was a knight and had a decent standing, and her family was pretty freaking wealthy with more than a hundred <sighs> manners to their name. So they weren't just, like, rich. They were rich. I was going to say, yeah. you said pretty wealthy. I was like, eh. Oh, no. no they they, they were filthy, stinking rich. I mean, the thing was, it's, like, kind of capitalism to the extreme, though, if you think about, like, wealth inequality today. Like, people complain about it. Back then, it was literally, like, king and knights and then the fucking peasants. Like, yeah. The peasants had nothing. So everybody else kind of just took whatever they wanted from them. Like, if you yeah. managed to get some good standing and some money, like, you were pretty much set, so. Yeah. Jane's early years were not as spectacular as Catherine and Anne, as she was not that well-educated and spent most of her time learning how to be a good housewife. She did have some royal ties, though, as she was actually fifth cousins with Henry VIII and shared a great-grandmother with both Anne Boleyn and one of Henry's future wives, Catherine Howard, it's who we'll talk about next incest. week. It's incest. It's literally all incest. They all bone each other and have kids. It's all incest. Which, if you think about it, is probably why none of them survive. It's probably why all the babies kept dying. Right? Ugh. Through some of the ties Whack. that Jane's father had to the royals, she was made a maid of a main, <laughs> a maid <laughs> of honor to Catherine of Aragon in 1532, and then went on to be in Anne Boleyn's entourage when she was made queen. Oh. So now this man's just like doing the same thing over and over again because Anne Boleyn was in the entourage of Catherine, Catherine but now Jane is in the entourage of both Catherine and Anne. He found his mo. He's like, yeah, right. That's how it's done. Apparently, that's his type. Henry VIII visited Jane's family house, the Wolf Hall, which in 1535. Which is so cool. It's pretty dope. It's the Wolf cool Hall. Which is where he probably saw her for the first time and started to fall in love. Aww. How cute. She thick. I want that one. <laughs> <laughs> Not long after this visit, Anne had her second miscarriage, and Henry was looking to Jane to give birth to his heir. However, Jane refused to sleep with Henry and simply become one of his mistresses. She demanded to be married to him first. Henry easily obliged this request, as it was one of his reasons for Anne's quick and brutal downfall. Uh, While Henry was working on getting rid of Anne, he was all over Jane, constantly having her in court and sending her large gifts of gold. Oh, my script of yours wasn't bolded, so I didn't even know that was my turn. I'm pretty sure it is. I guess I'm up now. Yeah, that would be you. So Anne actually blamed her second miscarriage on their relationship as she had to see them <laughs> together all the time. And it was quite clear that Henry had moved on. Like she like, you know, how enthusiastic are you about popping out a baby if you see your man's crawling all over Jane Seymour from the Wolf Hall? Ugh, what a hoe. <laughs> Jane <laughs> Seymour. Jane. <laughs> Jane, Jane the virgin, Seymour. Jane the slut. <laughs> all I can imagine is like if you've seen Mean Girls, like they talk about Jane like they talk about Regina George. <laughs> 
So on May 30th, 1536, just 10 days after Anne Boleyn was executed, Henry and Jane were married. Boom. So, I mean, Anne wasn't wrong. No. Yeah. That's just so shitty, though. Ugh, yeah. Ten days later, and he's married again. Anyway, as a dowry, Jane presented Henry with over a hundred manors. Again, showing just how wealthy her family was. But that also shows, like, that was most of what her family owned, yeah, too. And a, that all went to the crown now. That's a yeah. ballsy, ballsy dowry. So that kind of goes to show, like, the lengths that they had to go in order to... To prove that they were worth it. Yeah. Usually that's, like, why royalty would marry royalty, too, is because It'd be easier to they like. could afford the dowry. Yeah. yeah. You know, if you were a peasant woman... I, there was no chance. You had nothing to give. Even if you Besides were like... Besides your heart. And yeah, the plague. They don't give a shit about that. Yeah, and the sweating sickness. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> Bro, what do you got? I got Dirty some... bitches have the sweating sickness. <laughs> so Jane was proclaimed queen on June 4th, uh, 1536, but was never actually coronated as a breakout of the plague in London forced the royal couple to flee the city. This is the second breakout of the plague we've had. London was absolutely notorious for having, like, the worst sanitation in all of Europe. Yeah. Like, you think of people just, like, pooping in the streets and stuff. That was London. I mean, when you you bang your cousins, you only got... You got so many places to go, and Up's not one of them. So Jane was known for being a very stable, quiet, and caring queen. She stayed out of politics for the most part, even though she was really smart. But she stayed out of it as she had seen what had happened to Anne when she involved herself. That's smart. Mm -hmm. Yeah. She was using her noggin. She's thinking with the old noodle. Mm -hmm. She learned from the mistakes of Catherine and Anne. She knew what to do now. She was in both of their... Entourage. Yeah, so like, she was had like front row seats to all. Yeah. Of this she knew exactly what happened with both of them, so she knew what to do now. Uh, however, Aunt Jan, J- Jan, <laughs> good God, Jane. a new hero enters the arena. <laughs> Jan, I was thinking about the office still. Oh my God, a new hero enters the arena. <laughs> Jane. Jane Seymour, uh, she made a large effort to repair Henry's relationship with his daughters, Mary and Elizabeth, who were completely cast aside until Which that Which I think point. is kind of cute. That like, is nice. They're not her daughters, yeah. but they're his. But that also shows, like, she she was smart. She was conniving a little bit. She was yeah. scheming. You know, she was able to influence Henry enough to repair yeah. those relationships. In January of 1537, Jane became pregnant, and everybody was praying that it was a boy. Like... Can we just stop killing wives already? <laughs> Somebody give this man a boy. Give this man a man's already. Give this man a man. Jane knew that if the child was not a son, she ran a huge risk of being an outcast like Catherine or worse, put to death like Anne. <laughs> so the stakes were high Oof. and everybody knew it. The pregnancy was very tense and a stressful time due to the fear instilled by Henry, but Jane remained calm and stayed out of the public eye for the duration of her pregnancy. Mm-hmm. On October 12, 1537, Jane gave birth to a son named Edward, which caused her and Henry to rejoice. Hell That's yes. where the name Edward came from. Yeah. <laughs> young, young Edward was celebrated throughout the nation and was christened three days later. Mary and Elizabeth were actually both invited to the event, which was a huge step forward from their status Wait, as Wait, I have a question before. really quickly. Yes. Was Edward then named the Duke of Cornwall? I don't know. I don't think so. Because the previous Henry was. See, so wouldn't that be like the title for the heir to the throne to title, be? Titles like that flip around a lot. Like Arthur was the Prince of <laughs> Wales and he was the heir to the throne. That's Oh, that's true. So, so then those titles aren't like set in stone really. Like they're not rigid like that. Like 
it's not a progression. Like, you will be the Duke of Cornwall and then, then the king. Then the king, yeah. Like, these titles were kind of open for the taking, and they were really historical titles, so they didn't change, really. But if they were open, they needed to be filled by somebody important. So it yeah, didn't gotcha. necessarily have to be nobility either. Like, you didn't have to be a, in the royal family to fill you one of these You just had to be slots. worthy of exactly. filling you it. You had to have some tie to this position gotcha. that you could claim. And then... If nobody else had a better claim to it, then you could be it. So it didn't say that Edward was made a duke or a prince of anything, but he probably was just okay, because gotcha. he was now the heir to the throne. Gotcha. So he probably had a stronger claim to any of those titles than anybody else did at yeah. that point. Yeah. So, yeah, young Edward was celebrated, christened. Mary and Elizabeth were both invited to that, which was a huge step forward for them. Um However, after the birth of Edward, Jane's health started to rapidly decline. Yep. Her labor lasted for two days and three nights, which is an insanely long amount of time. Yeah, like ridiculous. Especially considering the terrible medical practices of the day. So she didn't have like probably any sedatives at all. Yeah. Like they epidurals did not exist. Like bonk. There was nothing for her. So Jane was most likely suffering from the pure peril. Oh, God. How do you say that? Pure peril? Yeah, pure peril fever, uh, which is essentially an infection that can occur after childbirth. Not good. And again, because of the medical practices at the time, they didn't know what was happening, probably. Basically, if you came down with a common cold, it was a death sentence. Yeah. So for a, any significant infection like this to happen, you know what's going to happen next. Their solution to a lot of things was bloodletting or sticking leeches on you. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, not not good all around. Or just like <laughs> filling you up with opioids. So <laughs> think about it this way. You put leeches on you, then the leeches have to deal with it. You just sure. take the leeches off and it's like... Okay. Jane's health (laughs) kept deteriorating, and sadly, on October 24th, 1537, she passed away. Since she died as queen, unlike Catherine and Anne, Jane was buried at Windsor Castle. And when Henry died later on, he was actually buried beside her. After Jane's death, Henry entered a long period of mourning, unlike the other two wives. And it was clear that Henry really did love Jane, even if it was only for giving him a son. Though Jane was quite quiet in her life, her legacy was strong. She managed to repair the relationships between Henry and his daughters. She greatly increased her family's prestige, securing huge promotions for her brothers, and her son Edward would eventually become king. Yep. Good for Woo-hoo. Jane. Very good Snaps for Jane. Snaps for Jane. She, I believe Jane was the only wife that ever actually succeeded in doing what her purpose was and giving a son. Well, we'll have to find out next week now, won't we? I guess so. Yes, we will. Henry entered a mourning for a decently long period of time, actually. But it wasn't too long after Jane's death that he started looking for a new wife. And that's where we're going to pick up next week. Woohoo. Woo. That's all. So we- I've got oh, a couple yes. uh, things. Uh-huh. First yes. of all, one I forgot to say earlier was about when um, Anne Boleyn was getting executed. I remember reading like this thing that her daughter Elizabeth said to one of her attendants and I guess her attendants called her Lady Elizabeth and she basically said to her, why is it that yesterday you called me Lady Princess and today I'm Lady Elizabeth? Yeah. Because her mom was dead. She didn't know. And so she wasn't a princess anymore. Which yeah. I thought was incredibly sad. Bro, that's the worst. It's right? Like, it's all those small things like that. Like, Elizabeth had <sighs> nothing to do with this situation. Oh, yeah. She was just a couple years old. But now her life was pretty much over. Yeah. Because 
of Henry. It yeah, wasn't she was even now because an illegitimate of Anne. child. Yeah, she now had no claim to anything. She had no family either. Her mom was dead. Her dad was fucking out of there. She had nothing. That's like working at being like, oh, hey, uh, Detective Joe. And then tomorrow you're like, oh, hey, Joe. It's like, why am I not not detective anymore? (laughs) Did I get fired? (laughs) I'm not aware. (laughs) Demoted. And also, can you even imagine, like this really hit me with like the Catherine story when we were talking about like in 1513, she's pregnant. In 1514, she's pregnant again. In 1515, she's pregnant again. Most women, like nowadays, have like two to three kids, and they do that over a period of like years. multiple years. years on years on years. Can you even imagine how hard that must have been on her? Not only to be constantly pregnant, but also the amount of children out of those what seven pregnancies she had one, one. living surviving child. That's awful. There's the rest literally were all nothing miscarriages worse than losing a child. And she had to do it over and over and six, over and six, over and hop right back in children. the saddle. Like every single year she was pregnant. That's awesome. Every seven single years. year. She had seven pregnancies and only one survived. That's oof. But I mean, she loved the, She loved the crap out of Mary and she raised her. And I believe Elizabeth and Mary both went on to become queen, queens yeah. of England. Yeah. Because that Mary's bloody Mary, isn't she? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she is. Yeah. I always forget. Which and then Elizabeth which. went on to be Elizabeth the first. So I remember another funny thing about Anne Boleyn was when she was talking about speaking of Mary and Elizabeth, like being brought up when she had a daughter, she was like hell bent on that kid being just as good and just as smart as Mary. Yeah. So she made sure that Elizabeth was going to get educated just like Mary did. That really goes to show the power of these women, though, like even though technically like they were supposed to only be there to pop out babies for the king they were working behind the scenes Mm -hmm. they were making sure that their families like got good promotions and everything and that their children were taken care of and they well yeah catherine actually went out like into battle and she was an ambassador and she was an advisor yeah catherine like stuck up for her religious belief she was part of a like a exclusive religious order (laughs) and like she worked for that her entire life Mm -hmm. too like she did so much behind the scenes it was crazy I think Catherine right now is my favorite. I've got to say, yeah, I mean, she for was sure, like the least dickish out of them, I guess. Like, because Jane didn't really. Jane just kind of strikes me as like a little bit sneaky, a little yeah. bit conniving. We'll put it this way. We'll put it like, if we're gonna call like the Powerpuff Girls. Oh Jesus! <laughs> okay, I'm here we thinking, go. I'm thinking. I'm still a little bit. So, what the fuck was the green? No, it was a Blossom Bubbles and Buttercup. Bubbles is the blue one, and then all right. So I think Buttercup is definitely Anne. Oh yeah, because she's yeah. like a little, a little yeah. bit evil, yeah, yeah. you know, throwing the king's whore. The king's whore. <laughs> I think Blossom was fucking Catherine because like she was kind of like the leader. She was like, "We're doing this, this, and this." And yeah, she yeah, for sure. And then Jane was Bubbles because she was like, "Yes, I'm here. Yes, <laughs> yes, I am king. Baby, I can just, yes, I am. I can only imagine what." history would have been like if Arthur had not died. Can you, like... Do you think maybe Catherine would have had a son then or would it started the same kind of thing? I don't I don't know. I mean, I guess it depends on what you believe because if people believed back in the day that it didn't work because of the whole Bible thing, then theoretically... That's true. Then a- or Catherine shouldn't have had a problem yeah, having yeah. a child with like Arthur. Boys, and, like everything, and everything that happened with Henry too, like breaking from the Roman Catholic Church yeah. and establishing the Church of England, like... <coughs> 
I mean, I'm sure maybe some of that would have happened at one point, but with Arthur as king, who knows what would have happened? I mean, he seemed to like genuinely love Catherine. Yeah. yeah. And then Catherine would have been queen for her entire life probably too. And who knows all the good that she, what she would have done. done. Or even if like their dad stayed alive for like a little bit longer. Like Henry the Seventh, yeah. Like, cause that would—I don't know what it would have changed exactly, but I mean, that would have still shifted a lot. Yeah. So alternate history—you gotta love it. Yeah. You really do. I—I I love alternate history. Yeah. I'm a hoe for it. I hate history. <laughs> I always hated it. See, here's the thing. I always hated learning about history in school, but if it's something like this that I chose to look (laughs) into on my own, that I'm learning for fun, like, it's a lot more interesting that way. Like, learning about something like this was just cool, because obviously when you, like, dig deeper into it, there's, like, more things, like, when you first... I like, 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 the dirty details of history, not... It's like, oh, Henry's got a bunch of thoughts. What about those thoughts? Here they are. But, like... I don't know, just it gets boring after a while hearing, especially about like wars, like the Revolutionary War, where it's like, oh, the same British, shit, different day. Just, yeah, like, really. What they go over in classes is like, oh, yeah, the British won because of this. Like, they don't go into like, oh, these soldiers did this cool thing that helped the British win, or it was like, yeah. these soldiers yeah idiots and didn't win because of this like it was just not yeah all of those all of those big stories have a ton of tiny yeah. stories in yeah, them that made it all happen. I like the little tiny stories. Because yeah. they're cool. Yeah. But I hate the big, they won, they lost. Like, why? I yeah. remember, like, I remember learning about this my sophomore year of high school. And literally all I remembered from that was the rhyme that you said to remember which wife was what, where it was like, divorce, beheaded, died, divorce, beheaded, survived. Yeah. And it was like the, you've never heard that before? No, I have. That yeah. That sparked a memory. But. <laughs> and that's literally all I knew. Like, I didn't know about any of this other stuff. And now you know all about Catherine of Aragon. You know about Anne Boleyn and her sharp little tongue. And you know about Jane Seymour and her dying. And hopefully you do too there, listener. Aha. I'm talking to you. Listeners, <laughs> we got plural. Yeah. yeah. Shout so, out to if you're the people that are listening in London. We do have, or not in London, in England. And yeah. And there's the, a couple people that are listening in the UK. Yo, shout out to you possibly being related to Henry VIII. Don't kill your wife. Oh, yeah. Or Oof. don't have wives. Well, I don't, or don't hey, fuck I your don't family. Yeah, probably just don't Step incest. One, don't, don't do the incest anyone thing. in your family. Step yeah. two, don't Blech. kill anyone you marry. I mean, technically, if you think about it, we were a little bit grossed out at Jane Seymour being Henry VIII's fifth cousin. But do you realize how far yeah. removed you have to be to be somebody's fifth cousin? I just feel like the word cousin in any it's just statement. the idea that's true. Of it it's just, in yeah. there at all. But like, I'm pretty sure legally you can marry anyone that's past your third cousin. Yeah, I, I believe because so, yeah. it's just so far off. It's yeah. one of those things where even second cousin is like a little further than like most you would believe because like when you're little, yeah. you're like, oh, you got this cousin, and then you're like, who's that? And you're like, your second cousin. And you're like. I, thought, I have more than that. I thought Jimmy was an only child. What? Like, <laughs> it's like, no, idiot. And there's just too many things. All right. Well, that's all we've too got for you this things. time around. Make sure you tune in next week for the second part of this little series where we will be discussing the other three of Henry's wives. Mm-hmm. This episode will be posted to streaming platforms this week, and hopefully the last few episodes will be available soon as well. We're working on that still. Mm-hmm. Tell your female significant other about us, but please don't decapitate her or really anyone you know unless mm-hmm. they call Thanksgiving Turkey Day. That is punishable by death. Mm-hmm. It's called Thanksgiving. It's not called Turkey Day. You know what you should do? Cut their head off and make it a turkey. Yeah. Them Stuff them full of stovetop and see how they feel about uh-huh. Turkey Day then. <laughs> also, don't put up your fucking Christmas lights until we're done with Thanksgiving. Thank All right. You. Well, I'm decorating my dorm this weekend for Christmas. So, mm. but okay, hear me out. Hear me out. Okay. Nope. We're only going to be here for Beheaded. two weeks in December. 
Okay. Okay. So we're going to decorate a little bit before Thanksgiving because all of my roommates are going to be here this weekend. Okay. So we can all decorate together. Okay. And then Fine. we're all going to be gone. And then when we come back, it's going to be December and our room's going to already be decorated. All right. So I will allow that. I know I'm on thin ice. Yeah, you are. <laughs> you really Christmas are. Christmas music, you're gone. You're no, gone. Christmas music is allowed. Christmas music is acceptable. Are you kidding yeah, me? But not, uh, no. don't start decorating until after Thanksgiving is my thing. I don't know. I'm not a nope. I don't I know. Love Unless there are extenuating music. circumstances. Yes, you. I will give you a pass. Anybody else though, you need to specifically write to me on Rule of Three 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 on Instagram. Ha ha. And if you go look at our Instagram, there's a pretty nifty picture, or uh, anyway, like a a drawing of uh, Anne Boleyn being decapitated by Getting that skilled French swordsman. Absolutely fucking murked. <laughs> and it's kind of funny. We both said like it looked. We expected her to be on like some sort of chopping block, and like you know they drop the like the guillotine yeah. on the head. No, this guy literally just wound up with a sword and swung like fucking. Can you some... imagine if he missed? Strike one. <laughs> strike two. Strike what three. You're out. Then they he's put, out of here. And they're like, they what put, do we do now? They put the sword guy the next to Anne and put another person in there like a batting order. <laughs> now she gets the clumsy axe. Oh, get in here. <laughs> That's when you got enough Where's our to state executioner? All right. I think we're done here. Yep. We're done. <laughs> this has been Rule of Three. Make sure you find us on Instagram at Rule of Three 333. And also any streaming platforms. Just look up the Rule of Three like podcast. Spotify. Apple Podcasts. Spotify Breaker. again. We're on there. So All I know is Spotify. <laughs> check us out anywhere you listen to podcasts. Look up the Rule of Three podcast and you'll find us on there. We will see you next week. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. Bye.